Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, friend, and welcome back to Foul Play, as we continue our look into the Darknet Assassin. On November 13, 2016, Amy Allwine from Minnesota was found dead in her home. A mother of a nine-year-old and an active member of her community, it was shocking to people that anyone could want this lovely woman dead. Amy was the epitome of kindness. Throughout the countless interviews conducted by the police, not a single person had anything negative to say about her. At 43 years old, Amy was married to Stephen Allwine, and together they lived in Minnesota with their nine-year-old son, Joe. Amy and Stephen were devout members of the United Church of God, and they took their faith to heart. The family adhered to the church's guidelines choosing not to celebrate Christmas and Easter due to their pagan roots. They often traveled, spreading the word of God, and embarked on an annual spiritual journey each fall. They even created online videos demonstrating how to dance in a wholesome manner. Even so, Amy never imposed her beliefs on others. She was a dedicated dog trainer operating her business from their home in Cottage Grove, and she was wholeheartedly devoted to her family, her faith, and her dogs. So when FBI agent Asher Silkey arrived at the Allwine residence in May 2016 to inform the family of a threat to Amy's life, they were shocked. Cottage Grove is a suburb in Minneapolis, and it has experienced its fair share of crime. They were only domestic or minor in nature, with only two murders in the last four years, and everything else being break-ins or parking lot altercations. The local police force was competent, and the suburb was generally safe. So when the FBI contacted the Cottage Grove Police to inform them of a death threat made against one of their residents online, Detective McAllister knew this was no prank. If the FBI were involved, there would be some weight to the threat. So McAllister assigned Officer Terry Raymond to join Agent Silky in visiting the Allwine residence. The following day, on June the 1st, 2016, Amy and her husband Stephen went to the police station, and this would prove to be a turning point in Amy's life. Agent Silky revealed that they had discovered evidence that someone had paid almost $13,000 to hire a hitman to murder Amy. 
although the FBI suspected that the hitman was likely a scam and posed little risk to Amy. The fact remained that someone had spent a significant sum of money to have her killed and might still be seeking an alternative method to accomplish that goal. The website was Basa Mafia. What followed was a detailed account of the correspondence between Jura, the admin of the Murder for Hire website, and the mystery person who was calling the hit, username Dog Day God. In this email exchange, Dog Day God began with inquiring about converting cash to Bitcoin anonymously for a hit on Amy Allwine. Yura advised the use of Coinbase.com and LocalBitcoins.com and suggested having an alibi, like investing in an online gaming server for children. The conversation went on, with Dog Day God providing details of the target and discussing pricing and method. They agreed on a hitman staging a car accident to make it look like a hit and run. Dog Day God expressed concerns about trust and anonymity, and Yura assured them about the escrow process and online safety. Dog Day God then paid $6,000 in Bitcoin and filled in the order form. Yura later informed Dog Day God that the hitman would carry out the job between March 19th and 20th. The hitman planned to cause a car accident to kill the target and carry a gun just in case the accident failed. Dog Day God confirmed the target, Amy Allwine, would likely have a friend with her, but said that they didn't care about that person. When Amy was still alive and well on March 20th, Dog Day God messaged Yura for an update. Yura explained that the hitman didn't have the opportunity to carry out the hit yet and suggested the alternative of using a sniper. Dog Day God accepted this and told Yura they were all right with anything Yura suggested as they would never be suspected of killing Amy. It's hard to imagine Amy's shock and fear as she learned about these messages at the police station. The accident and sniper plans had clearly failed, but Dog Day God and Yura continued to communicate. They discussed alternative methods, including a hitman visiting Amy's home to shoot her and burn the house down. After multiple missed deadlines, Dog Day God grew frustrated and requested a refund. Baser Mafia then claimed their site had been hacked and demanded 10 more bitcoins to prevent the release of Dog Day God's information to the police. It's likely that Dog Day God didn't comply, realising the whole operation might be a scam. That part wasn't entirely a lie. The Baser Mafia site had been hacked and the hacker exposed information about thousands of clients who had paid for services that were never delivered. Baser Mafia would string clients along before feigning a hacking incident to extort more money. Elsewhere in the world, Chris Montero had discovered this treasure trove of incriminating data and reported it to the police, 
It was after this find that the police contacted Amy to warn her, because even if the site was a money-grabbing ploy, the users on the site were real and wanted the targets dead. The FBI and the local police took the matter seriously. In messages exchanged with Baser, Dog Day God claimed Amy had an affair with their spouse, who subsequently left them. Dog Day God accused Amy of ruining their life, stealing clients and insisted on her death. Amy, however, vehemently denied having an affair and couldn't understand who would want to harm her. With no leads, Amy and her husband returned home, now frightened and increasing the security around their house. They installed a security camera and bought a handgun, which they both learned to use. Despite this incident, life went on for the Allwines. That was until late July, when Agent Silky received a call from a distraught Amy, who had received two anonymous emails. The first prompted her to check her junk folder. The second was a threat. It read, I'm sending you this email because it looks like you already know about me. Here's what's going to happen since I cannot get to you. I will come after everything else that you love. I know about your son, your husband, and your business. And thanks to the internet, I see you have a mother and father in Woodbury, a brother in St. Paul, and a sister in Yardley, Pennsylvania. The email proceeds to detail methods of causing harm and ends with a chilling ultimatum. Commit suicide. One life to save six lives. Your family do not need you, but you can save them. Do not tell anyone about this email or this deal is off, and I will come after your family. It was clear that Dog Day God was done waiting. If the Bessa Mafia couldn't help, they would take matters into their own hands. Shaken, Amy contacted Agent Silky and confirmed the accuracy of most details in the email, except her sister's address. Despite her distress, the police can do little to help. They examine the family's electronic devices, but find nothing suspicious. Amy assured Agent Asher she would never commit suicide as her faith does not permit it. Three months passed. Amy and Agent Silky believed the worst was over because nobody in Amy's family had been harmed. Maybe Dog Day God had given up. Maybe it was a prank after all. Or they got scared and decided not to follow through. November the 13th, 2016. Stephen Allwine was working from home, which was normal for him as he worked in IT and Amy was managing her dog training business. After having lunch together... Amy mentioned feeling unwell and went to bed. Later that afternoon, Amy's father Charles came over to install a dog door and took their son Joe with him to give Stephen some time alone to work. Around 5pm, Stephen left the house to pick up Joe, stopping for gas and grabbing a bite to eat. He texted Amy to see if she wanted anything, but got no response. Sometime later, when they arrived home, Joe found Amy on the floor. 
Stephen called 911 at around 7pm on November the 13th. 911, what's the emergency, please? During the call, he told the operator that Amy appeared to have shot herself. First responder, Sergeant Gwen Martin, who knew Amy from a recent Citizens Police Academy course, was shocked by the news and reluctant to believe it was suicide. Detective Randy McAllister arrived at the scene, initially puzzled by the circumstances. The investigation began. The first red flag to McAllister was how the dinner was still cooking, and he asked why someone planning suicide would bother preparing a meal. He also noticed inconsistencies at the scene. The gun was by Amy's left elbow, even though she was right-handed, and the bullet casing was by her right leg. Blood patterns suggested Amy had been moved after her death, and luminal testing revealed a large blood pool in the hallway that had been cleared up. This was clearly not self-inflicted. While the police continued to investigate, Stephen stood outside with their son, making calls to family members and informing them of the tragedy. Amy's parents rushed to the scene, along with the family pastor, Brian Shaw. Stephen handed over both their mobile phones, complied with providing DNA samples, and was tested for gunshot residue. When the neighbors were questioned, they reported seeing a car and a pickup truck speed down the road between 5 and 5.30 p.m., which was around the time Stephen had left to pick up Joe. A training class happening in the Allwines barn also mentioned hearing two cars screeching away around the same time. The investigation into Amy's mysterious death continued, with more questions coming up than answers. Looking for a new way to unwind after a long day? Say hello to Recess Mood, a healthier alternative that keeps your evenings light and your spirit high. With Recess Mood, you get the pleasure without the guilt. Made with real fruit and infused with mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens, Recess Mood lets you relax without alcohol or hangovers. It's just 20 calories per can, has no added sugar, and comes in four delightful flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. I've tried these myself, and whether I'm chilling at home or need a moment during downtime chaos, Recess Mood is my go-to refreshment. It's truly a guilt-free way to unwind. And now there's something special for all our listeners. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash Shane and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery holding up? Mine's been draining lately, consumed by the darkness of true crime tales. But amidst the shadows, it's crucial to remember to prioritize our mental well-being. Just like unraveling a twisted plot, therapy helps me untangle the knots in my mind. It's about gaining clarity, finding strength, and reclaiming control over your life. Considering therapy, BetterHelp offers a lifeline in the darkness. It's completely online, giving you the freedom to seek help in your own terms. And with a simple questionnaire, you can be matched with a licensed therapist who understands your unique struggles. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash Foul today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Foul, F-O-U-L. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. An autopsy was conducted the following day, and the medical examiner concluded that Amy had been shot in the right side of her head, above her ear, at close range. The gunshot wound was consistent with a self-inflicted injury, but the placement of the weapon and the blood evidence just didn't make sense with the suicide theory the medical examiner officially ruled Amy's death as undetermined. Meanwhile, the FBI continued looking into Bessa Mafia. With no other leads now, this was their best bet. And it turned out, Dog Day God had been active on the site quite recently. They even found the same username on Dream Marketplace, a notorious online market dealing in illegal goods. Just a few days prior, Dog Day God inquired if anyone knew of a seller offering scopolamine. Scopolamine is a prescription drug for motion sickness, usually administered in small doses via a patch. In large amounts, scopolamine can be fatal and render individuals highly suggestible. Despite being cautioned about its potentially lethal effects and responses on Dream Marketplace, Dog Day God was provided with a seller's name. Learning this, the police promptly requested the medical examiner test Amy for scopolamine. It turned out that Amy had 40 times the recommended dose in her system at the time of her death. At this point, the likelihood of Dog Day God not being involved seemed slim. Whoever this person was, they were constantly in close contact with Amy, enough to poison her with lethal amounts of scopolamine. The police started to investigate the Allwine's personal lives, financial records, and any possible enemies they might have. Detective McAllister delved into Stephen's digital footprint, discovering that he'd been using the dark web. It was Dream Marketplace, and he was trying to procure scopolamine. As the detective went in deeper, he found a whole new side to Stephen, and the second life he led. He had been having affairs using Ashley Madison, an online dating website notorious for encouraging married men and women to cheat. As the investigation progressed, Stephen became the prime suspect in Amy's death. The evidence against him included the dark web drug purchases, his extramarital affairs, and the suspicious circumstances surrounding Amy's death. But before the police could confront Stephen with these findings, Stephen confessed. A few weeks after the investigation into Amy's murder, Stephen arrived at the police station, accompanied by his attorney and pastor, 
and he asked the pastor to wait outside. Unprompted, he confessed to engaging in an extramarital affair for several months before it ended in February 2016. He met the woman, Michelle, on Ashley Madison, and Michelle was aware of Amy, the threats against her, and where the couple lived. The revelation of Stephen's affair was surprising, as their faith strictly prohibited such behavior. Stephen held positions as deacon and church elder, and if the affair were discovered, he would be removed from his post. The church viewed marriage as a lifelong commitment and did not permit divorce. So, did Stephen kill Amy to avoid divorce and escape an unhappy marriage? Stephen claimed he did not want the church to learn of his affair or Amy's suicide. When asked if he killed Amy, Stephen denied it and claimed he didn't clean up the blood in the hallway. He even insisted he had never accessed the dark web. And as an IT expert, he found it hard to believe the police could not trace the threatening emails Amy received. Stephen suggested Kristen, a colleague of Amy's, who might have had the knowledge to access the dark web as a potential suspect. Kristen, they soon learned, was out of state when Amy died and had an airtight alibi. It also turned out that the friend who Dog Day God said would be with Amy during the first hit was Kristen. As suspicions about Stephen grew, the police found themselves with little concrete evidence, mostly circumstantial. They persisted, looking through all FBI files on Dog Day God and pursuing their investigation. An officer at the local station remembered a previous report of a Bitcoin-related fraud. At the time, the police station had a limited understanding of Bitcoin transactions, so they filed the report away. But now, this report would become a critical piece of the puzzle. In March 2016, a man reported being defrauded of $6,000 in Bitcoin. He had paid a person named Mark this amount for business training materials that were never delivered. He never followed up with the police after that initial complaint, and they had nothing to work with. Bitcoin transactions were anonymous, and transactions used addresses composed of 34 random letters and numbers. While it was feasible to determine where Bitcoin had been sent, there was no way to know who owned the addresses. The man who filed the police report in March 2016 was none other than Stephen Allwine. What were the odds that Stephen Allwine was scammed out of the same amount as Dog Day God just days after a failed hit? The police increasingly suspected Stephen to be Dog Day God. They see 66 devices belonging to the Allwines and began searching for any information that could link Dog Day God's identity to Stephen. Stephen had previously told the police he had never heard of the dark web until the FBI visited them in May. However, they discovered internet history searches for the Tor network, which is a requirement for those who want to access the dark web, along with instructions for installing Tor on an Acer computer. 
although no Acer computer was ever found in the house. The police also never found any record of communications or transactions between Stephen and Mark, which was suspicious. If the transaction was purely business, why would Stephen go through the trouble of hiding it? On Stephen's MacBook Pro, the police uncovered a wealth of information from a profile called Sawline. First, Sawline had searched for Bitcoin exchanges shortly after Dog Day God's first message to Besa. It then reviewed the dates and times of the canine nose work event in Moline, which Amy was scheduled to attend with Kristen just before Dog Day God emailed the details to Besa Mafia. Sawline then uploaded a photo of Amy to the family website moments before Dog Day God sent a link to the same photo to Besa Mafia. Next, the profile looked up a $700,000 life insurance policy on Amy Allwine, with Stephen Allwine as the beneficiary. Sawline searched and obtained details of Amy's family members, including the incorrect Pennsylvania address for Amy's sister, and forensics were able to prove that the MacBook was used to access an anonymous email service. In addition to that, police found emails between Stephen and an escort named Rita, negotiating the price for a night of intimacy. Although this was damning information, pointing to Stephen as Dog Day God, it didn't conclusively prove his guilt. If the attorney was skilled enough, they could explain all of this away as purely coincidental. If the police could prove that Stephen was indeed Dog Day God and that he had wanted his wife dead, they could secure a conviction with the evidence they had. Investigators sifted through computer and device backups, searching for anything concrete linking Dog Day God to Stephen Allwine. And eventually, they found a backup of Stephen's iPhone containing a note with a single line of letters and numbers. It was a wallet address holding the same amount of Bitcoin Bessa Mafia had asked for for the hit on Amy. The characters matched the ones Dog Day God had sent to Bessa Mafia. The note was created 20 seconds before Dog Day God sent the same Bitcoin address to Besa, after which the note was deleted. Someone had used Stephen Allwine's phone to copy the address and paste it into the email to Besa Mafia. Bitcoin addresses are unique, so there was simply no way to explain this other than stating the obvious. Stephen Allwine was Dog Day God. Join us next time on Foul Play, where we will learn about the operations of the Besa Mafia, how Chris Montiero exposed the website, and Stephen Allwine's connection to the murder of Amy Allwine. In Episode 3 of our Darknet Assassin series, we will also continue to unravel the twisted threads of this tragic story and seek answers to the questions that remain unanswered. 
save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.